Welcome to Stat Stuffers. As always, I am your host, Ramiz, and I am joined by my co-host, Dylan. How are you? I'm good, Ramiz. How are you? I'm going well. It's been uh, it's been a tough week in terms of getting all this recording sorted, so I do want to give a quick apology about uh, the last episode. I know there was a few audio issues there. I think I've got them fixed. I've got three recordings going right now, so hopefully one of them works uh, without any issues. If not... I don't know, I'll figure something else out, I guess. <laughs> but Surely we're golden. I think we'll be fine. I think we should be fine now. Um, now, so, it's been a little while since we did anything really stat-related. You know, we've talked about trades, we've talked about free agency, we've talked about all the normal things, but this is stat stuff, and we need to stuff some stats. So, if you guys remember from a few weeks ago, uh, I did a little bit of a study as to who uh, is considered the greatest of all time in basketball. So I put together a whole study, methodology, formula, share, and shared my results with Dylan and you guys, obviously. And I decided to do something kind of similar today in that I am going to be predicting which of the 60 rookies that was drafted in the 2020 NBA draft are the most likely to be successful in their NBA careers. Now, much like last time, Dylan hasn't heard any of this. He's just along for the ride with me. Um, Dylan, what are you Come, expecting? Um, I'm not, I don't know what to expect. I mean, it feels like that we've we get uh, high level NBA players out of the draft from all sorts of different situations. So I'm excited to see how this goes because Ramiz, if this is if this is foolproof, this could be a money maker for you. And I think maybe <laughs> maybe we should keep this a secret uh, okay. and make some money off it. But um, I have a feeling I'm excited. You- to- yeah, I have a feeling it isn't foolproof, but uh, <laughs> I hope it is. Um, can you quickly? Can you give me a prediction as to who you think will be the number one person? Just read a prediction. Uh, in this draft, probably, probably Wiseman. I'll go Wiseman. All right. Okay. Wiseman or Edwards. Okay. Okay. So. The question to that will be answered, that question will be answered much later. So first, I need to figure out what I'm doing here. So the way I decided to go about this was kind of similar to last time in that, basically, I'm going to be comparing the college stats of all these guys, college or international stats of all these guys to the stats of a successful NBA player or like what they put up in college. Test whether they correlate with each other and then that'll kind of spit out an answer as to who's going to be most successful. Does that sound like what you kind of expected I was going to do? Uh, more or less, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It was very similar to what I did last time in terms of, you know, figuring out what makes someone the GOAT and then figuring out uh, whether LeBron is the GOAT. I'm going to say what makes someone a successful NBA player coming out of college and who is going to be a successful NBA player coming out of college or into the, or from, like, overseas or wherever. Um, now, before I get to the methodology of this study, I need to give a disclaimer. Much like last time, I'm not a statistician. This is not foolproof. If it is, <laughs> uh, I'm going to trademark it right now, though. Um, so, in five years, when 
the guy I say is going to be the most successful is the most successful. I will sell this for $3.2 million. $1.2 million of which will go to Dylan just because he's here. Oh, I'll take that. I'll take that <laughs> any day of the week. Also, I think you're selling low rubies. I think this could be a billion-dollar idea. Okay. Uh, $1.2 trillion. Perfect. All right. <laughs> yeah, so I have basic knowledge of Excel, and that's basically what I used here. Uh, very much just kind of what I've learned through, like, one Excel class. Um, so, the methodology. Um, in order to figure out which of these 60 guys will have the best career, we need to look at who was successful that came before them. So, like I said before, if we could take who was successful, figure out what they did in college, then we get a statistical correlation between them and these guys, if we can figure things out. So, um, now, one thing I do want to say is, I'm not taking into account anything about the team that they were drafted by, that these successful guys, or any of these recent guys were drafted by. Maybe there's something there, but I don't want to take into account team, because it doesn't help us in terms of our data. We don't have enough data points in order to actually make any kind of prediction based on team. Um, so, before we can start figuring out who is going to be successful, we need to figure out who we're comparing our players against. So, we need to figure, uh, so we need to figure out who is successful at the NBA. And now, part of me wanted to go really overboard with this and create, like, an entirely new formula or an entirely new metric, just something crazy, or use, like, the GOAT score from last time to figure out who's successful, but... That's a story. That's a that's a question for a different episode. That was way too much to do. I had no idea what I would do there, and it wasn't really relevant in this study. So what I decided to do was, I went simple, and I went for all stars. What do you think of that? I think that's fair. I mean, there's definitely guys outside the all star game that are you know high level players, but I think the all stars are a good a good group of guys to select from. Yeah, it's a good indicator of just general success. So obviously. Every All-Star in NBA history, still a bit much to kind of deal with. So, what I decided to end up doing was I had to pick kind of a sample set of years. So, I couldn't go back 30 years. There's no point in doing that, really. And I didn't want to do super-duper recent stuff either, because a lot of the guys from those drafts could very well still be All-Stars. They just haven't had the chance to show it yet. So, I decided to pick... uh, Seven years, I believe. So 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16. Those seven drafts, the all-stars that were drafted in those seven drafts are the guys I'm comparing these guys against. So the reason I didn't go before 2010 is because I wanted our sample to be representative of what the league is now and kind of representative of what the league is going to be in the future. Um, If we're going back like pre-2010, we're getting back to the point where Kobe and KG and Tim Duncan and Dirk were kind of the best players in the league. And that is not representative of today's game, and that is not representative of what the game will be in five, ten years when these guys start to become all-stars. Um, and yeah, like I said... Yeah, I just want to add a note. I think you could have even maybe brought it back further just to say uh, when Curry sort of took over the league because he almost single-handedly changed the league to what it is now and where it's going. Um I think guys from probably that 2015 All-Star game onwards would have been even a sufficient enough sample size uh, to just indicate where the league is and where it's going. But, you know, going the extra mile remains. Love to see it. 
Yeah, so, like I said, I didn't go past 2016, and the main reason for that is just because I think there's a few other All-Stars, potential All-Stars in those drafts that haven't really had the chance to show their All-Star potential yet, and that's not going to be very representative of the year they were drafted in. So, I wanted to just get something consistent here, because, you know, we have a couple All-Stars from 2017. I think, what, Bam, Donovan Mitchell, and Jason Tatum, if I'm not mistaken, are the three All-Stars from that year. Um... But this probably Brendan Ingram the, as well. Brendan Ingram. Okay, yeah. This actually well, was Brendan Ingram the year before. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a couple guys who um probably should have been in here, but they weren't because of that. Um, uh, maybe in the future I'll expand it out. I just didn't need them that much as to where I would include them. Okay. Um. So what do you? What do you think of that? Uh, I think that's I think that's a great sample size to pick from, and it's important that you didn't go back too far, which skews things when you have guys from uh, high school coming in stuff like that. Yeah. So, in terms of our guys, we have thirty total uh, guys that fall into here. So, uh, in terms of our point guards, we have Curry Irving, Isaiah Thomas, John Wall, Damian Lillard, Kemba Walker, D'Angelo Russell, and Ben Simmons. Our shooting guards, we have Clay Thompson, Bradley Buell, Victor Oladipo, and Devin Booker. Our small forwards, we have Paul George, Gordon Hayward, Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler, Chris Middleton, and Brendan Ingram. So, Brendan Ingram was uh, the year before, I believe. Um, we have, at power forward, we have Draymond Green, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, Chris Epps-Porzingis, and Pascal Siakam. And at center, I'm actually shocked at how many centers there are. We have Demarcus Cousins, Nikola Vucevic, Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, Carl Anthony Towns, Demarcus Sabonis, and Andre Drummond. We have nine centers. Well, that, yeah, that is a lot for apparently a league that's getting smaller and smaller. Yeah, centers was the most common, um, was the most common one. Second was point guard with seven. Uh, shooting guards had, sorry, small forwards had six. And then uh, shooting guards and power forwards both had four, um, which is not a lot. Um so that was kind of weird seeing how many centers we had. Um, so we have our sample. Now it, then it came time to gather all the relevant data. And this, oh, this took a long time. This took a <laughs> long, long time. Actually, um, so Dylan, if you're looking at the spreadsheet that I've sent to you, that's not all the data I collected. There was more that I actually had to end up taking out. But... My God. I had... So... In the spreadsheet, we have the player's name, their position, the age that they were on. What uh, I think Basketball Reference does it by the 20th of February on their rookie season. So whatever age you're on the 20th of February is what age you are in their database for that year. So that's what I went with. Um, their pick number, uh, the number of points they averaged per game in their last year of college or overseas, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. I originally did have a couple of advanced stats, but I ended up taking those out because uh, international guys don't have advanced stats. Um, right. So, yeah. And from there, <laughs> I gathered them all into the table, sorted them into each of their individual positions, and gathered up the averages, so the mean and the median, of all of their stats. So, I'm going to give you a rough picture of what these guys look like uh, coming out of college. Uh, at, at each and every position. So overall, so when all 30 guys are in a sample, they are, on average, in their rookie season, 20.3 years old, picked, on average, 
uh, 14.3 in the draft. So at the end of the lottery or in the middle of the first round, uh, they averaged in their final year of college, 15.8 points per game, 7.2 rebounds, 2.6 assists, 1.2 steals, and 1.1 blocks per game. Um, we won't worry about the median for that. Um, now, point guards, we have Kyrie Irving. Sorry, uh, sorry. Point guards, we have uh, 20 years old, 19.6 points, 5.6 rebounds, 5 assists, 1.7 steals, 0.3 blocks. One really interesting thing I want to bring up with point guards is if you're looking at the spreadsheet, aside from Isaiah Thomas, every single one of those guys was drafted in the top 10 of their of that year. Yeah, um, point guards obviously are the cornerstone for a lot of franchises, so they, they typically go early and you can find generally find pretty good big guys later in the draft, so it's not uncommon to see uh, point guards and guards go earlier in the draft. So that's not surprising. Obviously, Isaiah Thomas there at pick 60, uh, bringing that mean down uh, a little bit. But um, so it'd probably be even higher without him there. Yeah, uh, just doing the calculation in my head, 5, um, 11, 20. So the average, they would be picked on average fourth in the draft. Or wow. actually just before fourth, uh, between three and four in the draft um, without Isaiah Thomas. So yeah. Point guards are drafted very, very early, and that that's not quite relevant now, but that will be relevant later. So one thing I neglected to mention a little bit before is, yes, we're doing All-Stars, but there's a bit of a distinction I'll make later between All-Stars and some other guys, but that's that's for the end of this. Um, so in terms of shooting guards, they're 20 years old when they're drafted. They average 16 points, 5 rebounds, 2.3 assists, 1.4 steals, 0.5 blocks, and they're picked on average about 12. Um, nothing crazy there, nothing shocking, I don't think. Um, small forward, again, 20 years old, about 15.7 points, 7.3 rebounds, 2.3 assists, 1.4 steals, 0.7 blocks, and they're picked on average about 17th. Um, power forwards, we have... Uh, power forwards is a weird one, because... Giannis is such a weird case in terms of how he was drafted, in terms of like his rookie, in terms of his numbers pre his rookie season. So, power forward, I would take it with a very large grain of salt. Above all other positions, power forward is the one that has like the least data and the least reliable data. Um, so they average twenty-one years old, fourteen point four points, seven point eight rebounds, uh, one point nine assists, one steal, one point three blocks, and they're picked on average about twentieth. And then centers. They're about 20 years old. They average about 13.6 points, uh, 8.9 rebounds, 1.3 assists, 0.8 steals, 2.1 blocks, and they're picked on average about 13th. So that's what the general picture of an all-star NBA player looks like before he enters the league. So in his final year of college or wherever he played uh, before uh, his rookie season. Anything shocking there for you, Dylan? Um... Finding, yeah, the the international the point the power forward stuff is interesting because um, on here we've got two guys that came from international backgrounds in uh, Giannis and Porzingis, and um, I'm sure we'll get to this later. But international stats can be very either misleading uh, in terms of how big they are and also how small they are uh, in terms of counting numbers. Um, also seeing shooting guards uh sort of higher than i 
I'd thought. Um, I don't remember, like, don't really think of shooting guards as guys that get taken uh, very high. Um, but twelfth, you know, is, isn't on average isn't a isn't a bad number for shooting guards. I mean, there's a lot so, of deviation there as well. So we've got Kobe Thompson at eleventh, yeah. Bradley Beal at third, Victor Oladipo at twenty second, and Devin Booker at thirteenth. So big deviation there. Uh, Oladipo went second, not twenty second. Oh, that changes things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's a mis-entry. So average of seventh, actually. <laughs> seventh. Okay, so yeah, even that's higher than difference. I originally yeah. thought. <laughs> that's the only difference, though, and that's not actually that relevant. Picks was just kind of more of a curiosity thing than anything else, really. Yeah, sort of where you find the guys. Yeah. Um, anything else there surprise you? Centers was a little bit surprising for me, because you either they tend to either go really early or really late. Like, we've got... Boogie at fifth, AD at first. So the reason AD is a center is because that's the position position he's played the most minutes at in his career so far. Um, th- that's based on basketball reference. So that's that's how it decided guys' positions. Um, Joel Embiid was third. Cat uh, was first, and Andre Drummond was ninth. Uh, but we've also got Vuce at sixteenth, Gobert at twenty seventh, Sabonis at eleventh, and Jokic at forty first. So there's a lot of deviation there. In fact, the standard deviation is higher than the average. So we've got a lot. <laughs> There's a big, big range when it comes to centers. Big range for big guys. Um, also, small forwards seem to go later in the draft, having an average of 17 and a half, which is you know outside the lottery and getting pretty late into the first round. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we've have got... a, se- a second rounder in Chris Middleton at 39th, and we have Jimmy Butler uh, at 30th, being the last pick of the first round. Other than that, we've got Kawhi at 15th, Paul George at 10th, Gordon Hayward at 9th, and then Brendan Ingram 2nd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of age, yeah, not all that much surprising. I, I was actually a little bit surprised that the average age is about 20 instead of 19. I thought there'd be a few more 19-year-olds. But yeah, no, it, it makes sense that most guys are about 20 when they enter the league. Yeah, especially by that February date. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that February date. All right, so we've got all that data. Now, the even more time-consuming part was <laughs> entering all that data, all the same data for every single rookie in this draft class. And wow, that took a long time. But the thing is, I actually did it differently at first. So what I did was I literally just did it based on an eye test. I was like, I do not want to write out all of this data. So I'm just going to look at the numbers and be like, yeah, that kind of lines up. And then enter that. And then I was like, that's fine. And then I remembered, oh yeah, there's literally a function to do a correlation analysis in Excel. <laughs> I just remembered that randomly. And I was like, <laughs> oh damn it, now I have to. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I went through all 60 guys in this draft and gathered all their data on all those same things. I will not read through it. I refuse to. <laughs> I won't even tell you the averages <laughs> or anything. But basically, what I did was I got all of those guys, I gathered their their position, so I sorted them into their position, their age, their points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. Their pick number, again, it was just kind of for fun. Uh, it will be relevant later, but it's not relevant yet. And then I used the correlation function on Excel and compared them to the average of the guys at their position. So the, the guys we just talked about at their position. And I have a top three at each position in terms of how well they correlate to these all-stars. So, Dylan... Do you have a guess as to who's going to be the number one point guard? Um, number one point guard. Well, 
the number one point guard taken was Lamelo, um, and then after him was Killian Hayes, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, I mean, going off, those two guys were international guys. Um, so their stats are always very different from college because usually they're playing behind more talented guys. So from the stats, it, I'd suggest it probably isn't a, a international guy, maybe a college guy. Um, and then just looking at the point guards on this, on this sheet here, um, Tyrese Halliburton looks like he's put together a big combination of stats uh, when you put them all together. So I th- I'd go Halliburton. Okay, one interesting thing about that is, okay, when I was just doing the eye test, uh, Halliburton was one of my top guys. Um, but one interesting thing about this is if a guy is actually significantly better than the guys that he's being compared to, that actually hurts him. Um, I know that sounds weird and counterintuitive that like, oh, the average is 15 points and 8 rebounds, but this guy put up 20 points and 13 rebounds. That's bad. But that's the way this analysis will actually work because I'm sure there were other guys that put up 20 points and 13 rebounds, but they didn't make all-star teams. It's a matter of like, um, you know, this is the picture that we have. This is the picture that we have painted from the data that we have. If you don't fall within that data, whether it be positive or negative, that is bad for you. So guys like, um, uh, sorry, James, I believe James Wiseman had like really, really good college stats. He was actually hurt by that because he was significantly better than a lot of the other guys. He scored a lot more points than a lot of the other guys, uh, a lot of the other centers did in college. And I'm saying in this analysis, that's actually bad. So that that was the issue with going with the eye test at first, and that's a big part of the reason why I went with the correlation. So Tyrese Halliburton was um, was one of the top guys, like I said, but then when I actually ran the analysis, he was not. Um, by the way, positions here were just decided by um, their, I think it was just like their NBA.com or Draft.com position, whatever that was listed as, um, is what I listed their position at. So our top three point guards are Grant Riller, who was... The 56th pick in this draft, Cole Anthony, who was the 15th pick, and Kyrie Lewis Jr., who was the 13th pick. They're our three, from three, two, and one. Those are our three best point guards in terms of how they correlate to the All-Stars. Okay, well, I, I don't think a lot of draft guys would agree with you here, but that is interesting how they're, you're right, you're talking about how the positive and negative of the correlation to the All-Stars is... Um, is quite different to their counting stats in college. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see any of these guys being the three generational point guards um, from this draft. Maybe, maybe Kira, um, but yeah, that's interesting how that how that unfolds compared yeah. to because these guys, especially Grant, by the looks of it, being a senior in college, um, obviously put up big numbers on college teams. Um, whereas, you know, Lamelo had good counting stats as well, but um, he wasn't always the main focus of that Illawarra team. Yeah. But again, like in terms of Grant, Damian Lillard was that guy. We've had guys like that um, who do end up like that. So this is just what the analysis spat out. I was surprised to see the 56 pick as well, but it, it made sense. He, he lined up really well with the numbers. Uh, but remember... This isn't the final step. There's one more step we will take after this, but let's go to shooting guard. 
do you have a prediction as to who our number one shooting guard will be? Um, well, I mean, the obvious guy is Anthony Edwards to to think of. Um, but um, obviously he's maybe excelled outside the mean that we're looking for. Um, so if I'm going to play the, the game that's been set up for us... Um, uh, Jamias Ramsey looks like he might fit the bill. Isaiah Joe is another guy with sort of those those stats that we've been seeing. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm not On sure who was it remains. On the head. On the head. Number three was Isaiah Joe. Number two was Jamias Ramsey. Number one was actually Emmanuel Quickly, the 25th oh, okay. in the draft. But yeah, uh, no, Knicks, you, you were Knicks right fans there. will be happy to hear that. Uh. Yeah. Um, um, now. Obviously, a lot of these guys, their their correlation numbers were really, really similar. Um, but yeah, that that is what we ended up with there. But there, there's very, very little distinction between quickly Jamais Ramsey, Isaiah Joe, and even a couple of the other guys that came after them. Okay, so they're all sort of most uh, of them tend to, to kind other. of sit really, really like right there as well. So yeah. Bit, bit if that's part of the reason why I said this probably isn't airtight because it kind of shows the same results for most guys. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, now, same, same question for small forward. Who do you think? Um, let's have a look. Uh, Sadiq Bay <clears throat> looks like he puts up pretty reasonable stats compared to the the other all stars in that position. Um, CJ Ellaby even. Uh, and probably Isaac Okoro. Almost on the head again there. Sadiq Bay number three, CJ LB number two. Number one, Jordan Dwora. The 42 really? pick. So pick one before CJ LB. Right. Oh, I didn't even see him there. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, you were once again right on the head there. Um, Same thing. Same thing with Power Forward here. Power Forward. Um, uh, Onyeka looks pretty, pretty good. Jalen Smith, um, and Reggie Perry, the fifty seventh pick. Those are my my guesses. Onyeka, you're good with that. Was number three. Number two was Xavier Tillman Senior, the thirty fifth pick, and number okay. one was Tyler Bay, the thirty sixth pick. So we got Sidic Bay and Tyler Bay both in here. Right. Okay. Yeah, this definitely seems to favour. I don't know, like. Late round picks. We're getting a lot of yeah. I mean, if we if we don't take into account um, average draft pick for these guys, um, we definitely see some of the later round guys get go ahead. Yeah, right. I should say one of the big reasons why I didn't look at average draft pick was because of like the bit how big the range was in a lot of these stats. It was kind of hard yep. to do any kind of analysis when there was such a big range. Um, but we will, like I said, we will look at draft pick a little bit later. So, okay. finally, what do you think for our centers? Our centers. Um, I'll go Azabuke third, uh, Nick Richards fourth, and Simonovic. He looks like he's got some very middling numbers, so that seems to help him. You were, once again, very, very close. So, third was Zik Naji, second was Nick Richards, and number one was Azabuke. Okay, very nice. So yeah, um, 
like a that's that's part of the reason why I was pretty happy with the correlation analysis as well because I, I don't know exactly how that function works, but it seems to line up with the eye test pretty well, which I'm pretty happy with. Yeah. Okay. So had so we now have fifteen guys. So obviously a few guys were just kind of hurt by either being the main focal point on their team, playing internationally, and not put either putting up really great stats or putting up terrible stats. Like some international guys put up like three points a game, even though they still get drafted fairly high. Um, but from what we have, those are our fifteen guys. So. How do we tell which of these guys is going to be most successful? We need to use that distinction between All-Stars and other guys. So, we have... So, what I did was I made a distinction in terms of All-Stars versus generational talents. So, we have a few guys who are clearly above the other All-Stars here. So, what I did was I compared these 15 guys in general, so not by position, to our generational talents here. Um... And we also did take into account the position they were drafted at a little bit. Because we're looking up most successful. We have a bit less of a range when it comes to the generational talents. We have, I think it's safer to use the picks here to actually determine who's going to be like our top guy. So, who are our generational talents in this pool of 30 players? I didn't have a strict definition for it. But basically, I just went for guys who have been the first option on a really su- successful team. So, I ended up with... Damian Lillard, uh, Jimmy Butler, Nikola Jokic, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, and Giannis. So, two of them have titles, obviously, in um, Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Davis. One of them took his team to the finals with Jimmy Butler, and the other three have all taken their teams to the conference finals. In hindsight, I probably should have put Paul George on here. I forgot. I don't really care, though. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're off Paul George until, he, off until Paul George. he shows otherwise. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't deserve it right now. Yeah, even though, yeah, in his Pacers days, he did take his team to conference. Did he take his team to the conference finals a few times? Yeah, a couple times. A couple times, yeah. So, I guess those Heatles teams. Based on this definition, he should have been in here, but also it's Paul George. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I did a correlation analysis of the mean and the median analysis of those guys, and here's what we ended up with. So, positions don't matter. They were drafted on average. Sorry, they were. On average, 20.3 years old when they entered the league. They averaged 16.3 points in their final year of college, 7.9 rebounds, 2.4 assists, 1.3 steals, 1.3 blocks, and they were picked on average at about 18. The median pick was about 15 as well. Um, so, nothing crazy there. Um, I ran our correlation analysis for the 15 guys that we just kind of made a distinction with from the other guys, so the, th- the top three guys at each position. And here are our top five. So this is my prediction. I think all those 15 guys are going to be fairly successful in the league. Uh, Obviously, not all of them are going to be all-stars. I'm sure there was plenty of other guys that put up similar college numbers to the guys that we looked at that weren't all-stars. Maybe maybe this formula means absolutely nothing. But (laughs) this is my prediction based on this formula. Just quickly, if I were to give an actual prediction based kind of on the numbers, but without the correlation analysis, I would say LaMelo Ball, just because point guards that were drafted high tend to just do really, really well. I mean, if, if nothing else, he, yeah. he very much fits into the fact Like we had three number one picks in terms of point guards. So yeah, high drafted point guards tend to do fairly well. So our top five are Emmanuel Quickly. Is it... Is it Kira or Kyra Lewis Jr.? Kyra. Kyra. Kyra Lewis Jr., 
Number three is Zeke Naji. Number two is Cole Anthony. And number one, the guy I think is going to be the most successful, potentially a generational talent in the league, Sadiq Bay. Oh. The 19th pick <laughs> in the draft. <laughs> Big calls from the formula. Yes. I mean, this is an interesting range of five guys. Um, I don't think anyone would have this sort of list coming nope. out of the draft <laughs> no. or going into the draft. But that's what we do here at Stat Stuffers. Um, we break down barriers. We, we, do, <laughs> we do things that make no sense. Exactly. We give you a new perspective. Um, I think good on Sadiq Bay. Good on the Pistons. Yeah. Um, the Pistons need something to look forward to. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. Cole Anthony second um, might not be out of the complete realm of possibility. Uh, he was... I think it was number one in his high school class going into college, to his uh, freshman college season. Sure, um, and he was picked at 15th, which is kind of the average of the All-Star guys. Yeah, low for a point guard, but for the for the group as a whole. Um, I think that 15th just sort of, you know, obviously being the mean or medium is um, just sort of representative of how far the spectrum of talent goes in the draft, that you could yeah. find guys from 1 to 30 that can become all-stars. Um, so uh, maybe maybe Cole Anthony is the guy that's the second generational talent in this draft. Who knows? Yeah. And then obviously we had some other interesting ones. It's Zeke Naji, Kyrie Lewis Jr. and Emmanuel Quickly. So Emmanuel Quickly, 25th pick. Uh, Zeke Naji, 22nd pick. And then Kyrie Lewis Jr. was... What 13th. 13th. Yeah. So yeah. weird. It's weird. None of the top guys. No one in the top 10. Odieko Okogu was the only guy in the top 10 to even make the top 15 in this. Uh, wow. in this. But yeah, wow. I mean, that's what we've ended up with. That's what the formula says. If it works, great. I doubt it. <laughs> we'll figure it out here in five years. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting how, how the overachievers in college were so negatively impacted by this. I mean, obviously that's from guys in the league uh, well, in all stars in the league now in college, putting up those similar numbers, but um, well, lesser numbers than those guys. But yeah, yeah, that just I think this what this tells us is how important the eye test is in scouting. Yeah, <laughs> you can't just uh, look at the numbers and expect them to light you know, up, to light replicate up, those in the league. Yeah, or maybe um, you can. Maybe you can. Maybe you can. Maybe <laughs> we should run this through previous drafts and see how it turned out. But I was tempted uh, to do that. I didn't have time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because yeah, there's obviously so many factors that go into college stats and what people put up um, in terms of what conference they're in or what league they're in if they're playing international, who they're playing with, who they're playing against, what sort of role they have. Like we saw. In this year's draft, a guy in Patrick Williams, uh, he didn't start a single game for his college team this year, and he went fourth. Um, yeah. He was the ACC Sixth Man of the Year. Uh, so, yeah, definitely definitely a whole lot of circumstances that go into this, but it's very interesting how these stats uh, turned out, especially with... Uh, who was first again? Emmanuel Quickly. Uh, no, no, it was uh, uh, Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay, that's right, Sadiq Bay. Well, I'm 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 rooting for Sadiq now. I always was. I liked him when the Pistons picked him up, but I'm it, maybe he's my number one player in the, in the draft now. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe you should be. But yeah, um, I think one thing it kind of tells us is that, you know, do these numbers carry over to the NBA? This is the picture we have painted for us, that guys who do overachieve in college, don't, their numbers don't tend to carry over to the NBA. I mean, like, obviously, the in terms of the generational talents, the other guy we can really see here that does portray that is Damian Lillard, but he was also uh, a very old rookie um, coming to the league. Jimmy Butler's stats very much lined up with it. Although the other guys, same with Kawhi. Jokic scored a few more points, but he was playing internationally. Anthony Davis, his college numbers were actually surprisingly low, except for the five blocks per game. Um, and yeah, Giannis, and, and obviously, very, very strange numbers. Yeah, but, um, yeah, in the case of Anthony Davis, you know, low college stats in terms of scoring and assists and stuff like that. But he was unquestionably the number one pick in that draft it wasn't even a debate um he was going number one no matter what team had that first overall pick similar in the situation honestly to lebron where whoever got number one was taking anthony davis it was a it was a closed debate um so it's it really is about what situation guys are in uh as they come into the league um but then again you've also got guys like does line up with the averages pretty well as well for the other centers. Yeah, I mean, 14 points a game, 10 rebounds, 1.3 assists, uh, 1.4 steals, and obviously the five blocks uh, and in the college. average is 13.6, 8.9, 1.3, only 0.8 steals and 2.1 blocks. So obviously steals or blocks don't line up, but everything else lines up fairly well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think that's just sort of the baseline for good college bigs is those numbers that uh, have a chance of making the league um, that uh, see how they flourish as all-stars in the league. Yeah, so obviously uh, I guess the next expansion to this will be next year's draft. It will include uh, the 2017 draft as well. I'm, I'm happy to keep using this uh, for a few more years to see does it work at all. I mean, maybe it just needs a few <laughs> more, maybe it just needs a few more data points really. Um, just because, again, like, shooting guards are powerful. It's each only had four. That's not a good range uh, to draw any kind of substantial data from. Point guards, I'm good with seven. Centers, I'm very happy with with nine. Small forwards, I'm iffy on. But, like, shooting guards and power forwards, we did not have enough data um, to actually do anything. In hindsight, I probably should have included the 2017 draft because we've got Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum there um, who would provide those data points that we need. But yeah. I was lazy. <laughs> you get a lot on your player amazing this was well done hats off to you this is a lot of stats to go and count through uh yeah when you first told me about this i thought it was going to take you months i'll be honest yeah <laughs> let's see it took me six hours from when i first told you to get to do the eye test one i didn't it i didn't do the correlation one until about two days later and that took me i want to say another four hours give or take Wow. Yeah. I mean, you got more patience than I, Ravise. Yeah, I mean, I just chucked on chucked on a podcast and I was like, numbers, typing, that's it. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> that's just a full-time office job, isn't it? Actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's the final prediction. I know it doesn't work. Who knows? We'll find out. Um, I think it's pretty funny. I think next thing to do is to figure out what makes a guy successful in the league. Um, in terms of, like, do we have a metric to actually measure success outside of All-Stars? Um, I think that's my next project, but we'll give a couple weeks until I I work on that. Until we delve into that mystery. Yeah, 
till we delve into that. Because, like, honestly, I could have... Had I done that first, I could have used that here instead of using All-Stars. But, yeah, All-Stars works. <laughs> That's good enough. That's a good benchmark for success in the NBA. Yeah. I mean... You, yeah. I mean, I was going to mention Jeff Teague, but let's not mention Jeff Teague. <laughs> sure, Jeff Teague. <laughs> Jeff Teague. Man, I love, I love that. I love that year where four Hawks just made the All-Star game and they were all collectively <laughs> Player of the Month. Yeah, that entire starting lineup was Player of the Month. Except is... Demari Carroll, was it? No, I think they gave the Player of the Month to that starting five. Demar- yeah, Carroll the... didn't, ma- didn't, didn't make All-Star. the All-Star game. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be a snub. That's rough. <laughs> That's tough. Yeah, he got paid. He got paid the next year. So he did. Shit, shit out to tomorrow, Carol. Is he in the league? Uh, oh, good question. Last year was on the Rockets, I think. I don't I think, think he has so. a contract yet. Yeah, yikes. Yeah, how, yikes. How they fall from grace? <laughs> <laughs> from one fifth of player of the month. So what does that make him like? Player of like six days. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That probably lines up with their actual success. So, you know, well earned, Jamar. Yep. <laughs> all right. So, did you have any other questions, comments on the whole formula, the methodology, anything at all from this? Um, one thing I think would be used to improve the validity would be weighing stats against the the league they played in and the conference they played in and stuff like that. I think I that would give us. I did start doing that. I did start doing that, and then I was like, I have. What am I doing? How can I do that? That is such a big task because we've got a whole lot of conferences and leagues and we don't really know enough about college basketball or international basketball to do that effectively, I'd say. So, I mean, that would that would definitely... I think we'd get very different results if that was the case. But um, uh, no, apart from this, this is very impressive, Rubens, just for the just for the amount of stats alone. Stat stuff is back. Yes, we need to stuff some stats, and we will be stuffing many stats. Considering the preseason starts in, what, two weeks? Uh, two weeks. I guess we're going to do a preview before then? We'll do a preview. That's that's coming. Okay. Um, after that, once that happens, I think we're going to start doing, like, one episode a week, roughly, maybe every every Sunday, maybe on Monday, if we can't squeeze it in. Just kind of breaking down the biggest stats and games and stuff from the previous week, and we might do a few more of these sorts of things, GMs, DMs, some of our fun extra stuff on top of that, uh, probably around midweek uh, when we do those. But yeah, um, any other questions, comments before we wrap things up? Shout out to Dick Bay. Let's get it. Shout out to Dick Bay. All right. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave us a like on YouTube because this took a very long time. If you can rate us, um, or if you're listening to us on an app where you can rate us or leave us a review, please do that. Please leave us a good rating. Please leave us a good review. Share it. Share it. You know, if you see the clip of this on, if you saw the clip of this on Instagram or Facebook, share it, like it, help us out, help a few other people find out that Sadiq Bay is going to be the greatest player of all time. Um, <laughs> That's what we found out today, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you can email us at statstuffers5 at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at stat underscore stuffers or Facebook and Twitter at statstuffers. Other than that, thank you for listening. Peace.